When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey! Please have a seat, everybody. Lovely to be here. Welcome down here, up there, everybody out there watching around the world, welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, we are back, my friends. We were on a break for two weeks, and thank you for noticing my tan. And uh, I, <laughs> this is as tan as I get. I went from porcelain to poached chicken breast. <laughs> but not everyone's most of that. Not everyone's having fun in the sun because a sweltering heat wave is sweeping across Europe. And this is a nightmare for Europeans, okay? They don't have a lot of air conditioning in their homes over there, and how can they possibly cool off? Those swimsuits can't get any smaller. (laughs) Across that continent, European countries are facing weather they've never seen before. In France, temperatures are expected to top 104 degrees. And authorities are warning of a heat apocalypse. In response, the French government is reminding all mimes to crack a window in their invisible boxes. (laughs) It's not just France. Britain is on course for its hottest day on record. To stay cool, the guards at Buckingham Palace have waxed their hats. (laughs) Very painful. That's very painful. (laughs) The heat is so intense that at farms across Europe, in order to stay hydrated, chickens are on sports drink. (laughs) Leading Gatorade to update their slogan from is it in you to... (laughs) You know, just a stupid thing to say. (laughs) You know who else is feeling the heat lately? former president Jabba the Putz. <laughs> now... <laughs> while, while we were gone, the January 6th committee held another hearing, and the biggest bombshell came from Representative Liz Cheney. After our last hearing, President Trump tried to call a witness in our investigation a witness you have not yet seen in these hearings. That person declined to answer or respond to President Trump's call and instead alerted their lawyer to the call. He's trying to commit witness tampering using his own phone. (laughs) You can see the whole story in the new mob film, Not Very Good at This, Fellas. (laughs) Get your shine box. So get your shine box. (laughs) We'll find out about uh, all of this soon because the committee's next hearing is this Thursday in prime time, okay? 
That's going to drive tune in, okay, being in primetime, and get even more people to watch. They're holding it on F Boy Island. <laughs> the hearing will be led in part by committee member Adam Kinzinger, who says that it will open people's eyes in a big way. And from the looks of it, it's already working. <laughs> now, this could be, could, should, this could or should be a pretty big night, which is why on Thursday, The Late Show will be live and sleep-deprived. Check it out, y'all. Who's our guest? Who's our... We don't know. We don't know who the guest is. Now, they may be talking about uh, this other thing that sounds kind of suspicious, the hearings. Evidently, the committee learned last week that the Secret Service erased text messages from January 5th and January 6th, after oversight officials asked them for it. The agency says there's nothing sinister going on here. But their story about this deletion has shifted several times. First, blaming on their device replacement program, then on a pre-planned system migration. Then they said the dog ate our phones. (laughs) Our phones are going through a tunnel. And finally, new phone, who dis? Who's the guest? We don't know. Now, no one knows what's in these secret texts. They could corroborate Cassidy Hutchison's story that on January 6th, the former president tried to choke an agent after the agent refused to drive him back up to the Capitol. But we should find out soon because the committee has subpoenaed the texts, which are now being reconstructed, and the committee members expect to receive the missing Secret Service texts by tomorrow. With any luck, one of the agents texted a selfie. Now, switching... It's an old joke. That's an old one. Switching uh, over to the guy who actually won the election, President Biden was on a trip to the Middle East last week where he had a bit of a controversial meeting with Crown Prince uh, of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, seen here saying, no, you drink your tea first. (laughs) This was always going to be a touchy trip because the crown prince is infamously, and I'm putting it delicately here, a murderer. (laughs) But on the other hand, gas is five bucks a gallon, so... (laughs) So it was important that Biden put a lot of thought into how he would greet MBS. This was the decision. Okay, he gets out of the car, approaching Mr. Bonesaw, and boom go the ethics. (laughs) Can we see that from another angle, Jim? Okay, Bang. There it is. Maybe that's not a fist bump. Maybe it's 79. That's as hard as Joe can punch. <laughs> Throw them dukes up, Mohammed bin Jack Ben. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here comes Scranton. Here we go. Watch this one. Here it comes. Here we go. Where's it coming from? Where's it going? And ah, you blocked me. The guy's fast. Okay. <laughs> I, I hope they have some air conditioning over there because his bones are made of peanut brittle. Okay, I know I've made a lot of jokes about Joe being old, but in my defense, since I made those jokes, he has gotten even older. <laughs> that's on him. That's not, that's not me. That's, <laughs> there is something older than Joe Biden. It's the universe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lampley. We have been getting the first images from NASA's groundbreaking James Webb Telescope, and they are breathtaking. 
Here's the Webb telescope's image of the Carina Nebula, also known as God's screensaver. <laughs> We've never seen space in this much detail. Just look at the it, next to the same image taken by the Hubble telescope. Okay, that's Hubble above, Webb below. Okay, that's a glow up. It's an ama it's amazing what technology can do. For comparison, here's a regular picture of me. Here's a picture of me taken by the Webb telescope. <laughs> That's what I look like in real life. These cameras, they don't have the resolution to capture that. <laughs> These aren't just pretty pictures, though. They reveal previously unknown things about the universe. For instance, everything that's not sparkling in this picture is an entire galaxy. We're just one planet in one solar system in one galaxy. Makes you kind of feel small and insignificant. My advice... Buy a boat. <laughs> then go fishing by yourself. Hey. Of course. <laughs> of course, I've saved the most dramatic news for last. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck got married. Yes! Oh, hell yes! <laughs> Love is real. If they can make it work, there's hope for every attractive millionaire celebrity couple with a skincare line. <laughs> and as I'm sure you know, the two were engaged many years ago, but now they've made it official. It's Benefer againifer. <laughs> or as I prefer, Benefer to Genflectric Boogafleck. <laughs> and they didn't need some big, splashy wedding. They did it their way by marrying quietly in Las Vegas. It was very intimate. In fact, Ben did all the catering. <laughs> Jen explained just how normal their Vegas wedding was, saying, we stood in line for a license with four other couples. Can you imagine being one of those other couples? The chapel was really nice, but their Elvis impersonator looked like Ben Affleck. <laughs> Ben's good buddy, Matt Damon, wasn't able to be at the ceremony, but he did send an inspirational wedding toast on video. Fortune favors... Your marriage! <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Billy Crystal. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight is... Thank you very much. Save it for the guest, please. My first guest tonight 
is a comedy legend, a giant you know from when Harry Met Sally, 700 Sundays, and as the nine-time host of the Academy Awards. He now stars on Broadway in Mr. Saturday Night. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Billy Crystal! Good to see you again. Great to see you. Now, uh, congratulations on uh, Mr. Saturday Night. I mean, five Tony nominations, including Best Musical. How does it? How does it feel? How did it feel after COVID to be back on stage live in front of the, the people that you loved? So well, much? it was crazy because, like, would you have with the, the masks on everybody? It looked like a Howard the Duck convention in the beginning. <laughs> Everyone with a white mask, but it is what it is, and it, you know, and we would gotten through it. It was great. And now, and now uh, it's uh, master optional. On yeah, Broadway. which so you was, can see uh, some of their faces. You can tell if they're grinning. Yeah, but I didn't. First of all, it was louder because you could get really hear the laughs without the masks mm -hmm. on. I was mm -hmm. like, Whoa, what, what was that? Did someone turn it up? It was just you realize. Am I that good tonight? Yeah, we got used to the fact <laughs> that the people are from masks. So the first night, mask was optional. Well, you saw the show, so my opening number. Yeah, yeah. I come out and I'm talking to. I'm playing this character named Buddy Young Jr. and he's playing at a retirement home. And it's all, everyone is really a senior citizen. And, and there's a guy in the front row, and I'm five feet from him, and he doesn't have a mask on. And I do my first joke, and I'm five feet from him, and he, he looks up and he goes, <laughs> <coughs> So I said, you know, I backed off, and then sure, sure, when sure. I finally got off stage, sure. I went right to the stage, and I said, the guy in the front row said, we gotta get a mask on him, and, and then we did, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it's, it's a little disarming. I'm looking forward to. We're still we still have masks here. We're still trying yeah. to look what with the BA5 or whatever their name in the new one. So we're yeah. being a little cautious here. I can't wait to be able to see their their faces again because there's no greater audience in the world than the audience of the Ed Sullivan Theater, right? No, it's yeah. true. And that's only as a segue. <laughs> I'm only pandering. You know, anyway. Thank you. You've done your job. You've done your job. I'm only pandering that hard as a segue because, as we've talked before, you made your network debut on this stage yeah. for the Howard Cosell show, which was actually shot at this theater in Yeah, 75. right over there. Howard Cosell had a, um, a... It was called Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell. Um, you all remember him, of course? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, the great. <clears throat> yeah, and he was a bombastic um, sports announcer and... And he was an outspoken guy who I, I think his voice we miss. And well, in the in the <coughs> in the in the musical, Miss Saturday Night, as Buddy Young, you also do impressions, which is an interesting double gainer for you to do. Yeah. But do you do, do you still do a Cosell? Well, if if I did, Howard, there, there were great voices in the '70s when I first started mm -hmm. as, as a comedian in like '73. There was I, I did Howard Cosell and, and Muhammad Ali, and when I started to do Ali, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really start to do Ali. I started to do um, Brando as Vito Corleone, awesome. and it did. I did. I hit like a roadblock, and I went to the right. It was like Michael. I never wanted this for you. I wanted you to be Senator Corleone, Governor Corleone, or the greatest fighter of all time. <laughs> then I said, I heard Ali. I heard Ali, and it was just a sure. little knob time. Yeah, but Howard. Howard was just you know. Uh, I'm nasally, so I can get into him and get into that kind of rhythm that he had. And <clears throat> I thought um, if he was working today, he'd be sure. covering the January 6th committee hearings. If only. We just heard from Cassidy Hutchinson right there. This may be the first time the Secret Service wrestled the president to the ground to keep us safe from him. So, uh, <laughs> it made fun. Uh, <laughs> 
timeless. Great. Timeless. Great voices from the 70s. What other great voices from the 70s? Oh, well, uh, this was another great voice. Um, and this is guys I used to do, but now you can re-plug them in, and they're, 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 they're suddenly they're, they're, they're apropos. Um, the Mueller report, when you saw Mueller before the report, with that jaw that he had and that look that he had, he sure. was like out of a 40s movie where he'd be the, the, the warden in the prison, you know, fry him, we're gonna fry him! <laughs> Instead, he was, it was bad. It was, like, yeah, boring. It was dead. It was just... Like a fish. Uh, Peter Falk as Columbo would have been a great interviewer of all of those sure, those sure. dopes that yeah. we were interviewing, you know? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Manafort, I don't... I just don't understand, Mr. Manafort. <laughs> you know, you're, you're fooling around with all of these oligarchs, these oligarchs, I just don't... And, Mr. Kushner, why are you so pale? You're just very... <laughs> Just very pale. It just I don't get it. Yeah, so you fool around with these kind of guys. <laughs> Where'd you get those shoes? <laughs> I wiped it up to have those shoes. <clears throat> I was one thing I missed from the 70s that I, I wish there were consequences for things. We had Woodward and Bernstein on the other night, and that's what they were talking about. There were consequences back in the 70s. Yeah, and I watched that show. I thought it was a brilliant show. Oh, thanks. And I'm huge fans of those, uh, of, of both of them, and of course you. So I'm, now I'm pandering. <laughs> and I had a, a meeting with Bob Woodward about four years ago at a res, uh, retreat. Uh, Jeff Bezos did a retreat, and, and I had like a 40-minute meeting with him, breakfast, and it was amazing. Then watching him on the show, like Ali became, you know, came from Vito Colleone. This guy comes from um, uh, Carol Channing. There's a... <clears throat> Bob Woodward <clears throat> comes from Carol Channing. Yeah, because when, when you... you Try to do Bob Woodward. You you hear it, and it's it's very slow, and and he's got this rather large mouth. And when he talks about uh, uh, Nixon and and Trump, it's very interesting um, uh, to to see the difference between the two of them. Nixon, Richard Nixon, was crazy. Donald uh, Trump is really crazy. <laughs> so that's it's pretty good. Well, where's the Carol Channing? Oh, oh Carol Channing. Well, Carol, Carol Channing would be talking like that. You know, she'd have me talking like that. So I just found that as your voice gets a little deeper and you can be the haltingly putting you to sleep Bob Woodward. How would Bob Woodward say diamonds are a girl's best friend? <laughs> a, a, a kiss on the hand may be consequential, <laughs> but a deep throat was a man's best friend. Pretty good. He's pretty good. <clears throat> we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will ask Billy how he fell in love with comedy. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Buddy Young, 
um, I mean, I've been a big fan, <clears throat> for the people who, who, who don't particularly know, is that Mr. Saturday Night is actually a, a musical a musical adaptation of your 1992 movie, The Same Name, buddy. Yeah, without yeah. David Paymer, who also plays your brother. I love seeing him on stage, no, uh, he's, too. We're all shoes together. And um, <clears throat> tell the people who Buddy Young Jr. is, because I love Buddy Young. He was part of your act that wasn't... Before he actually had his own narrative. He was, it was yeah, a character he, Yeah, he just his character. He was a, he was a um, sort of an insult comic um, who was a star in the 50s and gets a chance for redemption for his career, which was he was a terrorist of his own doing. He's mm. one of those guys who could blow up a bridge while he's standing on it. You know, and get, he always got sure. in his own way. Mm -hmm. But he was very funny, and he had this machine-like thing about him, and I loved him. He was sort of like Willie Loman with laughs to me. He was a lonely kind of mm -hmm. guy, but he was... I love guys who are flawed, and that's why I wanted to play him. And then when we did the movie um, 31 years ago, I was 43, and we needed five or six hours of makeup so I could play him at the right age. Now I just show up. <laughs> and... And so, and, and uh, you know, he's, he, he's just so fascinating and just so funny. And, and, and so Did when Did you we... have much exposure to, like, borscht belt kind of uh, comedians when you were younger? Did you... Yeah, well, mostly... I, I didn't know them I'd, until later, but I'd watch them on the Ed Sullivan show mm -hmm. right from this stage again. Yeah. And yeah. it was Alan King and it was Buddy Hackett and, and, and um, it was all of these amazingly funny guys. They're like... Their timing is incredible. That's, we sort of pay tribute to that in, in the show as well. Did you get to hang out with like people like Hackett or Phil Silvers or Sid Caesar? Oh, well, or... well, yeah, Sid uh, came uh, late in my life, and it was the greatest feeling. That's how I started, being wanting to be funny. I mean, mm -hmm. what inspired you? So that's when you were a kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I would listen to albums going to bed. Right. So I was five years old, and television was the new frontier in the fi early 50s. And the mm -hmm. comedians settled it. It was Sid, yeah. it was George Burns, it was uh, Jack Benny, Phil Silvers, the great Steve Allen, mm -hmm. um, with, who was the first host of The Tonight Show. And that's so, I remember being five and watching on our black and white set, um, show of shows with Sid Caesar. So The King and I was the best movie that year, right? Mm -hmm. And it starred Yul Brynner. So they do a King and I uh, takeoff and it's the palace set. And in comes Sid, and he's in the bald wig and the capri pants, and he's barefoot. And he strikes the pose, and then he suddenly grabs his foot, and he goes, who's smoking in the palace? There's no smoking in the palace. <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I was five, and my, my dad, rest his soul, would, would, would let us stay up to watch the great funny people. And that's what I did from five to like seven, was grab my bare foot and go, who's smoking in the palace? <laughs> We'd go to the beach out in Long Beach where I grew up, and if it was a hot day, I'd five years old, my bathing suit, oh, who's smoking in the palace? I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And, and then as time went on, I grew to love what they did. And the voices behind it, which was Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner, sure. Howie Morris, Imogen Coca. Unbelievable. 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 Yeah, and Woody Allen eventually. Mm -hmm. And then when I was... I was, you know, Sid was, Sid was my Mickey Mantle, besides Mickey Mantle. And, and when I was doing 700 Sundays on Broadway, there was only one time I was nervous when I knew that, that Mel was in the audience. Mm. And, and Mel and, his, and uh, his late, amazing wife, Ann Bancroft, come backstage. And the first thing he said to me was, Sid has got to see this. Sid has got to... And it, it just melted me. Mm -hmm. So we finish our run... We go on the road, and we finish in Los Angeles. 
And I get a message that Sid Caesar wants to see the show. So we, we found a special place for him. He was wheelchair-bound at that point. And he, I knew he was in the audience. I could see him from the stage. And we had changed places. He was watching me. And when I came backstage, I just lost it. I just lost it and hugged on, hugged him so hard and said, thank you, because without you, I'm not doing this right now, you know? Well, you've got this great photograph. Oh, yeah. This photograph is amazing. This... This is from... This is from Comic Relief. This is what I look at right before I go on stage every night. This is the cast of your show of shows. And I got to meet them when we did Comic Relief, remember, with Robin and Whoopi. And this is what I look at every night before I go out. I'm, I had a chance to um, Sid, greet them and be part of the camp. Carl Reiner, Imogene Coca. Howie Marsh. Howie Marsh, right there. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Look at that kid. I remember him. Look at that kid. <clears throat> now, you have one of the nice things about, uh, you know, being in show business and being invited to see uh, a, a play that a friend of yours in show business is in is you get really good seats. And so <laughs> I was in a really nice box up, you know, down stage left up there. And, but the thing is that I could see right into the wings and I try not to, cause I want to see the show like everybody else. Right. But there's a moment in the show where I couldn't take my eyes off of you. And it's one of the last moments in the show. Cause I went, Jesus, that's a big <laughs> costume change. <laughs> I'm like, am I seeing Billy Crystal buck naked? I wasn't yeah, sure what was sort going of, on. Sort of, um, there's a, it's towards the end of the show. I have like five or six very fast changes. Right. Um, the part's exhausting enough, but I have this last change from a suit of clothes. He's performing once again in front of a retirement home. Yeah, you're in a full suit. Full suit. And I've got to go into the wings and come back out about 28 seconds later in and, a totally different look. And you've brought a clip of you actually making that change yeah, we, backstage, yeah. Jim. Pretty good. Let's give it up for the crew. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, yeah. it's like uh, if I was a NASCAR car, that's, you know, it's a, it's a crew stop, changing. Baby. Yeah, that's a big pit stop. Well, Billy, thank you for being here. Lovely to see you. Great to see you. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is Finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you.